At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. Hi, I'm Kristen McGlory, lifelong genius hunter. For almost a decade, I've been unearthing the recipes that have changed the way we cook. Now on the Genius Recipe Tapes, we go behind the scenes with the geniuses themselves, and we get to hear from you. This week, I'm talking with Julia Tertian, cookbook author and champion of doable, feel-good food, about her brand new book, Simply Julia. This is a rare moment to hear more about Julia from Julia, because usually she's busy lifting up the work of others. From her podcast, Keep Calm and Cook On, to her volunteer work with organizations like Angel Food East that delivers fresh meals to people who are homebound in her community. So in the Genius Recipes column and video on Food 52 today, you'll get to see how to make Julia's golden chicken broth with real egg noodles from Simply Julia, which are delicate ribbons that look like homemade pasta, but are truly as easy as making scrambled eggs, because that's exactly what they are. It's how Julia's grandmother made noodles during Passover when leavened foods are forbidden in the Jewish faith. And although Julia never met her grandmother or tasted these noodles, when her wife Grace was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and they were searching for foods that were low in carbohydrates as just one way to manage her illness, Julia remembered the trick that her grandmother used. Although in the book, Julia suggests lots of riffs, she especially likes to serve her grandmother's noodles bobbing in a comforting bowl of homemade chicken broth that takes only time but not work. And I was able to make both easily with a toddler scampering nearby. So you can too. But here, in this conversation with Julia, we get to hear more of the behind the scenes of what she wanted to say in this book, which is on the one hand full of, as the subtitle says, 110 easy recipes for healthy comfort foods. Recipes that are cookable, delicious, fun. We'll hear about some of those in the second half of the episode. But on the other hand, it's also a radical redefining of the healthy cookbook. Let's start there. So, yeah, the book is called Simply Julia, and the subtitle is 110 Easy Recipes for Healthy Comfort Food. In terms of the title, my mom has been <laughs> suggesting to me for years that I do a book called Simply Julia. And I was like, okay, but like, what does that even mean? <laughs> and she was like, it's just like the feeling. <laughs> um, and so that has basically been on like a mental post-it in my brain for a long time. And I went into this book not knowing what I wanted the title to be, which is very unusual for me. That's usually like the first thing I think of for a book, which I know that's unusual. But anyway, that's how it's been for me. And usually my book titles have given me a sense of how my books will be organized and, you know, what the central theme is. And I just didn't have that with this book. I knew from the beginning, I wanted to just write the most practical book I've ever written. I wanted to share the simplest, easiest recipes. I wanted these recipes to feel like healthy comfort food, which I'll get into. 
the subtitle in terms of easy recipes for healthy comfort food. So those three words, easy, healthy, comfort, are really, really important to me. And I feel like I basically spent the entire book just trying to figure out what those words mean, like through all these different recipes and essays and stuff. And I don't know, it's been a joy to figure it out and to keep figuring it out. I wouldn't say I have it all figured out by any means. And I think I'm being like a little bit vague at the moment. I guess what I really want to say is I am so happy to have written a healthy cookbook that is not about weight loss and that doesn't promote weight loss or encourage it. And, you know, this is a healthy cookbook that has zero to do with restriction of any kind, deprivation of any kind. And it's really not about putting any limitations on food. It's about having just a really healthy, and by that I mean like a positive and happy, make you feel good relationship with food. And that comes from like a deeply personal place because I haven't always had that. While I've always had an incredibly positive relationship with cooking, what I haven't always had is like an equally positive relationship with eating the food that I so love to cook. That part of of food for me, like the consuming has been pretty fraught. And I've had a lot of like pretty intense like body image issues and stuff, things that I know I'm not alone in feeling. Um, but it just felt... Like I wanted to be really honest about that in this book and to also just be really clear about what I say when I say healthy and to distinguish it from skinny because I think those words get confused with each other a lot in a way that I think is just inaccurate. Of course. Um, It all makes so much sense and it all is so good to be thinking about too because we throw around these words a lot in in food media and it's nice to take a step back and actually examine Mm -hmm. them. Is that something that you always had in mind for this book? I would say that I knew all along I wanted to write these recipes for healthy comfort food. The title came from my mom. The subtitle kind of came from my wife, Mm -hmm. Grace, because I often have a hard time describing what kind of food I cook because I cook food from so many different places and informed by so many different memories. And it's, you know, I've had a hard time saying like, you know, do I cook American food? What even is that? (laughs) You know, like and on and on. And as you can tell by the way I answer all of your questions, I tend to go on and on and I don't know how to just like be like, okay, what's the kernel, right? And so one day I was just talking to my wife about this and I was like, I don't know how to describe all the food in this book. And she was like, Julia, you cook healthy comfort food. That's what you make. (laughs) Like, that's what it is. So my mother and my wife were both very present in the title and subtitle. So yeah, I think I knew I wanted the recipes to be that because that is what I cook at home. This is a book of home cooking recipes from my kitchen to other people's home kitchens. But I think in terms of me taking a stance on anything, that came a little bit later because as I was making the recipes, you know, I was deciding like, oh, is this healthy? And then I was like, what does that even mean? And I just basically had like a ton of conversations with my wife about this and conversations in therapy. And I was like, am I just confusing this with skinny as I have all along? And what does healthy mean to me? So that was a process that happened as I was making the book. And that is a process that absolutely continues, you know, even though the book is out, like I didn't write the ending to this by any means, like I'm, I'm in it. So I'm just happy to be figuring it out. And I'm happy to just feel as supported as I do, um, 
while being just really honest. I am very, very grateful for that. It all feels, the reason I ask and and why I was curious about it is because it all comes together so beautifully and it all feels very intentional and thoughtful. And I love that you have talked about where your book will be in bookstores and kind Mm. of what that means to you. It was so interesting to me because I've been at Food 52 for like 11 years now. And that's why we've kind of had our own. <laughs> yeah. I remember <laughs> the so, beginning. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. It's been a long wow. time. And so I've always kind of been steeped in the Food 52 ethos of talking about uh, about diets and about healthfulness and that, that sort of thing, and which was often to sort of avoid it, to, to sort of mm. – um, you know, be like, well, we're, we're just not going to talk about counting calories or about, mm-hmm. you know, certain specific weight loss focused diet trends. Like we're just going to talk about things like enjoying everything in moderation, even moderation and all those kinds of, of like Julia Child style tropes about, um, you know, that are just like a different path of thinking about how mm-hmm. we eat. But I thought it was so interesting that you didn't sidestep it. You kind of went right into the the market of healthy cooking to try to redefine it. Yeah. I, that's really interesting to hear your perspective. And I think it makes me feel honestly, really kind of more curious about the whole thing. And yeah, in terms of where the book sits on the shelf, like what category is it when you search online for books, you know, books, like so many things in life, like a lot of people who produce them, like create a lot of labels (laughs) to organize things. So could my cookbook sit in, you know, the general interest cooking category? Sure. Could it sit like on the healthy cookbook shelf? Sure. Could it maybe even sit like in the memoir section? <laughs> like maybe, you know, it it is kind of like all these things, but, you know, it's part of why I really wanted to use the word healthy in the subtitle because I want it to be on a shelf with books it doesn't really look like to show that it can look like this. And I hope that so many more books continue to exist where people in living, people who are living in all different types and sizes of bodies are represented with the word health. I just think that's really important. But it's interesting too, because in terms of me just going straight in there and not sidestepping it in the way you're talking about, I don't know, maybe that's because I'm a single person and not like a company, (laughs) you know, like, I get to be really explicit about what I stand for because I'm just speaking for myself, right? (laughs) Like not on behalf of a brand or a a large group of people. And I I don't think either of these things are good or bad. It's just interesting to distinguish that. And I just hope that, you know, I just hope more people continue to feel not so scared to talk about this stuff because I think it's just really important to talk about and especially to create space for people to kind of safely connect around these things. Cause I just know from having my book out only a couple of weeks, like how many just meaningful conversations I've had with people like on this topic. And, you know, we dove right into it here, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. I, I find myself talking about my cookbook and like not talking about any of the recipes, which like <laughs> is really interesting, right? Like it's fine with me. It's just like, Oh, that's interesting. So anyway. Those are some like meta thoughts while we're talking about the cookbook. <laughs> that is super interesting and it feels like a lot of people are really ready to talk about it. Yeah. If yeah. They're, if they're just jumping in. It also made me wonder if it's just more kind of 
subtle and almost insidious than I had realized the way that we talk about Mm. all of these things. And I I think in a recent book talk, you mentioned that you had in the past even felt like you yourself were a preacher of diet culture. And and, and that, that, that struck me as like, oh, wow, this, I, like, I never would have looked at any of your work and Mm. thought that you were, you know, um, espousing a certain type of of, of diet culture. Yeah, I think diet culture is everywhere. And I think it's really overt and aggressive in certain places and conversations and, you know, from certain businesses and institutions. And I think it is also really subtle and insidious in other places like you're, you know, referring to. And I am really curious about those subtle places because I think those places are where things seep in in ways we don't realize And I think cookbooks are an unbelievable example of this because cookbooks, I mean, as you know, probably better than anyone, you know, these are places where we put our thoughts and ideas and like our legacies and like culture. And we just have the ability to normalize things in cookbooks because they just kind of seep in, you know, like I think so much about what it's meant to me to be able to write so openly about my marriage in my books. You know, my books are about home cooking. So for me, that's me cooking for my wife and cooking at home. And it's also been this amazing way to kind of like, you know, just normalize our same-sex marriage. And I know that not just from my feeling being the author, but also being the person who gets told this by readers. And, you know, I'm in Mm -hmm. this ongoing conversation with the people who cook for my books and I cherish those conversations and they're so important to me. And so many of them are with other gay women. And that has been a really powerful experience for me. And I feel something really similar right now, putting out Simply Julia around diet culture and just being honest about it and open about it. I know I feel a lot less alone and that feels really valuable because I think one really like damaging thing that diet culture does is it makes us, or I can only speak for myself. It has made me feel very alone. It has made me feel like very isolated. So talking about it openly and like feeling less alone, like in and of itself feels like a way to push back against it. So yeah, it happens in cookbooks. It happens in food media. I think a lot of people in food media, myself included, come to it because we have this obsession with food, you Mm -hmm. know, which can sometimes be a little bit toxic. (laughs) And yeah, I think it comes through in ways that are definitely like really obvious and definitely in ways that aren't like talking about like, I don't know, gluten-free this or that without naming people just living with celiac disease, (laughs) like, you know, just assuming that this is what people should be eating. Like, why should we be eating it? Like, are you allergic? Like, you know, I'm not saying it's wrong to eat anything gluten-free, but to like the way we just use these labels, assuming something is better or worse, or, I mean, I think the best example is like anytime the term clean eating is used, Mm -hmm. like, so what, the rest is dirty? Like, what does that mean? (laughs) Like, what do we mean when we say these things? So yeah, like I clean my produce before I cook it. But like, you know, like I just, I think it's really good to be clear about what we're saying, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Hey, it's Kristen. If you're enjoying this conversation with Julia, head over to the Genius Recipe Tapes and hit subscribe so you don't miss out on other conversations like this. 
After the break, Julia and I are going to talk about the recipes that people have been cooking the most from Simply Julia so far. Stay tuned. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beating cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hard-working hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beating cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hard-working hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. Well, would you like to talk about any of the recipes in the book? <laughs> I would I would love to hear about yeah. them. Yeah. No, and I um you know what is so interesting cuz I like we're talking about like really important stuff. I'm so grateful to talk about it and it's like a really serious conversation as it should be. And I also like keep forgetting like Oh, I think this book is really fun. <laughs> like the recipes are so fun. So yes, I would love to talk about recipes. And I actually, the more I just reflect on that, like part of my definition of healthy food is like fun is part of that. Like mm-hmm. eating joyfully and, you know, cooking things that have like a sense of just, I don't know, like lightness, not about any ingredients, but just like that like light feeling of life and just, you know, yeah, joyful. So yes, let us definitely talk about food. (laughs) Great. Um, yeah, I was so struck and I feel like I'm going to be putting it on a post-it on my wall (laughs) for a long time in your conversation with Dory Greenspan about this. And when she said, you can't be, what was it? You can't be healthy if you're not happy. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that just, that really stuck, yeah. um, especially as we're all thinking about health in so many different ways, mental health and emotional health and as well as physical, Yeah. Um, to, to really make sure that happy and joyful recipes and cooking get in there too. So yeah. um, what are some of the recipes that people have really been responding to <laughs> since the book has come out? Um, it, it, I mean – Again, this is so interesting to talk to you about this because I know you think about this stuff all the time. Like, I think the recipes I'm seeing, at least like via social media and stuff that are getting cooked and shared the most, like, aren't necessarily the ones I would have predicted. Like, it's always interesting (laughs) how that happens. Um, So one of the things that I see coming up all the time are the everything um, bagel hand pies, Mm -hmm. which are in the breakfast chapter. And it's essentially this incredibly easy dough to make. Um, I did half whole wheat flour and half all purpose flour, just not really from like a fiber perspective, just cause like, I like how they look like they're a bit browner and I like that kind of <laughs> nutty flavor. And also if it was all whole wheat, like they would be too tough. So anyway, that's just my disclaimer there. And you mix those things with some yogurt. It's like that kind of two ingredient dough, but there's more than two ingredients. And you roll it out. It's like a super forgiving dough, a great thing to start with if you are like nervous about dough, which I know a lot of people are. So you like make this dough, 
you divide it into four, you roll it out into four circles, and then you fill them with scrambled eggs and scallions, mostly just because I love scallion cream cheese on bagels. Mm -hmm. And But you could fill them with anything, like bacon, egg, and cheese, or like, I don't know, roasted vegetables and something, whatever you want. Just You're making a hot pocket is what you're making. So <laughs> then you fold the other half of the circle over, like a little, you know, um, half moon, and then you brush the top with a little bit more egg and everything bagel seasoning and bake them. And they are just like so adorable and like handheld. But also you get the satisfaction of like making this homemade baked good that is just really simple. Like there's no resting of the dough or anything. You can make it all at once. They freeze really well. Um, I just think they're like a really fun recipe. So that one I've seen a lot. Also the kale and mushroom pot pie I feel mm. like has been popping up a lot which makes me really happy because it is so good. <laughs> it's, um, you know, it's a totally vegetarian pot pie, but also just like really satisfying. And you roast off like a sheet pan of mushrooms, which in my view is like the best way to cook mushrooms because you can just like cook a bunch at once and they'll get really brown and you don't have mm -hmm. to do it like in batches on your stovetop. Um, and then you mix those with some kale and carrots. You just like blanched and you could use frozen kale if you want. And then you mix them instead of making like a bechamel or something and using more pots and pans and bringing in more stress. You just mix those vegetables with sour cream and borsan cheese, which I think is like the best ingredient because it already has like the garlic and herbs and stuff. And it's just mm -hmm. so good. And then you put this filling in a skillet. And then, you know, I was talking about like the book being practical. So when I think about like, what are things that make people turn the page in a cookbook, like, and skip a recipe, I feel like people are scared to make pie dough and they're scared of crimping it if they've made it. So I just took both those things out of the equation and I just call for a sheet of puff pastry. And instead of cutting it out to fit your skillet and then like, what are you supposed to do with the extra? I just suggest you cut it, the whole sheet into these little triangles and, you know, shingle them on top of the pie and bake it and it just like looks really cool <laughs> but also it's just so easy you don't have to roll anything out or you know figure out what to do with the excess so I just really love when a recipe like making it easier makes it I think better like I love when that happens I think this stuff is so mm -hmm. important and I'm in a unique period in my life where I have very very little time um to dedicate to actively being engaged in the mm -hmm. cooking whether it's like I can cook it all really fast or I can start it and then leave it alone for a while. Those mm -hmm. are kind of the two things I can do. So the fact that you're thinking about these things so seriously, I think is helping so many home cooks. Yeah. Well, I appreciate hearing that. I think this is the position you're in because you have a little one, right? Or yeah, two? She's almost, she, I have one daughter. She's almost two. Okay. Um, yeah. Wow. Time flies. Wow. <laughs> um, so I have dogs. I don't have children, but some of my closest friends and family have little kids. And I have basically just talked to so many parents who are trying to cook while holding a baby in mm -hmm. one arm. And so that's why there's like a handful of recipes in this book that don't require chopping. <laughs> like those were written with these friends in mind. And yeah, I mean, one cookbook can't be for everyone, but I just, I tried to include as many of those types of thoughts in my recipe writing as I could, because I just, I want to create work that feels inviting and welcome. Like, that's definitely my goal. 
And now, here is more comfort food inspiration from our community. Hey, I'm Kara, and I work at Food52 as an assistant manager on the email team. Um, After moving back to my parents during the pandemic, I really struggled with keeping up the vegetarian lifestyle. It can be super isolating to make your own meals, especially when everyone's eating your favorite buffalo wings. But I've swapped in tempeh and I've got the whole fam on board. Dare I say they're better than chicken wings. It's got a more complex flavor. It's kind of nutty. It's fermented, so it's healthy for you because it's good for the gut. And I make them weekly now at my parents' request. Hi everyone, this is Momina from Momina Eats, a food blogger from Pakistan, and my ultimate comfort food has to be dal chawal. Yellow and orange lentils are slow cooked with a lot of aromatic herbs and spices and then served over a bed of white boiled rice along with a ton of condiments like pickles, chutneys, raita, salad and especially some sort of kebab. And this bowl of yumminess is my ultimate way to unwind at the end of a long tiring day along with some Netflix. I swear it's a hug in a bowl. Thanks for listening. Our show is put together by Coral Lee with support from Emily Hanhan. If you have a genius recipe, and they don't all have to involve eggs doing tricks, but it never hurts. I would always love to hear from you at genius at food52.com. And if you like the Genius Recipe tapes, please do take a sec, go rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon.